You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, so tricky message title. It's one message for one person. It's a different message for the other. I'll share that in just a second. But time is running out for you and for me. We don't know how much time we get until the Lord returns or until we die. I was messing around. I downloaded an app from my phone, and it was one of these deals where you answer the questions. And so uh, some of the questions were, are you married or single or divorced? Or so you put in, I guess if you're happily married, you might live longer, but this was going to try to tell you when you were going to die. It was one of those apps. I know it's weird, but so I put in happily married. Then it asks if you drink or if you smoke and if you get enough exercise and all this other stuff. And then it tries to figure out, calculates when you're going to die after you put in your birth date. And then it tells you how you're going to die. And it's totally non-scientific and probably goofy, but I thought it was interesting that it said that I was going to die when I was 79. It gave a date. And the method of death was going to be, I was going to get hit in the head with a crucifix. And I don't really know if that's religious persecution or what, but I looked at that and like, well, that's kind of weird. So if I die when I'm 79, look up that app and say, wow, that was prophetic. But nonetheless, we don't know how long we're going to live. But if we keep the end in mind, if we keep thinking to ourselves that someday we're going to see Jesus, Jesus is going to come back. My grandpa used to always say, if the Lord tarries, we'll go fishing. That means if the Lord doesn't return by next week, I'll take you fishing. Having the end in mind, having your end in mind, because you could die now. And wouldn't it be great if you were busy serving Jesus? The mistake to make is that we fall asleep in the Lord, that we, we put everything on hold, that we don't serve the Lord in the way that we should. So that would be bad. But if you have never believed in Jesus Christ, if you've never placed your faith in Christ, if you've never been saved, your time is running out for salvation. You need to receive Jesus Christ before you cross that line from this physical death into eternal life. You're going to live eternally somewhere, either in heaven or in hell. You're either going to be in the presence of Jesus or away from it. And time is running out. Time is running out for salvation. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. So that means that we die once. It's not like this dog movie that's out or coming out where the dog keeps getting reincarnated over and over again. That's not happening. But you die once and then you give an account for your life. Time is running out. Maybe today is the day that you need to get saved. Maybe the Holy Spirit won't give you another opportunity in the future. Maybe your end is much nearer than you think. I mean, it's so easy for people to die on the highway or to die with, from weird accidents. When you look through the obituaries, there's young and old people dying all the time. But time is running out if you've never been saved. John 3.36 says, Anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remain under God's angry judgment. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And then Romans 10.9 says, How? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can do that in prayer right now. 
follow me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for my sins. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you and do your will. And if you mean, if you walk into a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you enter into that relationship, then the Bible says you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive um, a promise of heaven, you receive so many great things, and then your time is secure in Jesus, but time is running out if you haven't received Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 6.2 says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And if you've never been saved, today is the day. If you want to ask me questions, or there's a resource on the table, the New Believers Bible, I would love to talk to you about that, to help you understand, to help you get over some of the obstacles or whatever. So if you've never been saved, you need to do that because you don't know if you will have another opportunity. And we need to be thinking about that all the time. We need to be sharing Christ now before you know something happens. Wouldn't it be terrible if your coworker or your peer or your neighbor slipped into a Christless eternity and you never even said anything? All right, so that is the message that time is running out for salvation if you've never received Jesus Christ. If you've received Jesus Christ and you are a believer in Christ, then the message is just a little different. Time is running out for salvation is near. So time is running out, comma, for your salvation is near. Jesus is going to come back at any time or you're going to go into the presence of Jesus. And that could happen at any time. And when Paul was writing this, he was writing to those people who were being persecuted to give them hope. I'm pretty sure Paul thought that Jesus was coming back real soon and he'd probably be surprised that it's been 2,000 years. On the other hand, it's really cool that it's been 2,000 years because that's a whole lot of people that have had an opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Christ. But if you just think about that, if you think about, okay, Jesus is coming back and, you know, my lifetime is brief. I mean, whether you're young, whether we live to 70 or 80 or 30, someday we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for this life. And I'm going to say, I believed in Jesus. I put my faith in Him. He took care of my sin and guaranteed me eternal life according to your word. And that's just another thing too, is that if we live our life according to God's word, as opposed to listening to all this cultural garbage, that's actually why I changed the sermon titles, because I really want to talk about marriage and biblical womanhood. And I won't really want to talk about uh, fatherhood and roles and what the Bible says for that Christian stuff, because it's important. And if we get swept away by the culture, if we just say, well, you know, society says this and we throw out the Bible, we're all going to be messed up and life will be very disappointing. We are supposed to be the, the preservative. We're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be the ones that are like the anchor to sanity as, as Christ followers. And sometimes we just want to be comfortable. Sometimes we just want to do our own thing. Sometimes we just get so overwhelmed that we don't do anything. And Paul talks about this. In Romans 13, he talks about loving. So if you look in the verses before it, it talks about how we need to love one another and how uh, we need to love our neighbor as ourselves and how important love is. And then he says, this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than we, when we first believed. So Jesus Christ is going to return. That is closer now than when we first believed. And only he knows the time or the day or the hour. But it's so important that we live our life knowing that there is a season we're in a season now where we're waiting for Christ to return, and then that will change. And how exciting that will be. Uh, we should be looking forward to it. But we want to follow after the Lord, and time is running out. I mean, if we think about uh, how fast time goes, 
Uh, I'm learning now as I get older, when I look back on my life, it's like, wow, time has really flown by. Things have really changed. Uh, I could have probably done a lot more. I probably could have, you know, uh, if I would have been able to know what I know now, made some better choices or uh, not wasted so much time worrying on certain things that God took care about. Uh, so many things that I could have done better. Jill Briscoe in Before You Say Amen wrote, No one has any more time than you have. It is the discipline and stewardship of your time that is important. The management of time is the management of self. Therefore, if you manage time with God, He will begin to manage you. So we need to be looking at ourselves and we need to be thinking about what is it that we're supposed to be doing for the Lord? What are the resources that He's given us? So many of us want to sit back and say, only if God would do this, if God would make me smarter, if God would help me to memorize more verses, if God would make me more outgoing, if God would give me a church building, uh, you know, if God would change these people I work with, or whatever. And we're always thinking, you know, oh, if that were different, then I could do this. But instead, be faithful with what you have. Take what God has given you and use it for the best. Use the resources for God's glory. I mean, if you look at the world and you look at the signs that are happening, that Jesus is going to return, the Christian persecution that's happening, it's urgent that we love one another and it's urgent that we live our lives because we know that the season is about to change and that Jesus is going to return soon and He's going to make things right and it will be awesome. Number two, time to shine. Time to shine. Number one was time is running out. Number two is time to shine. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of bright living. So when you think about all the things that are going on in this dark, evil world that Satan seems to have so much influence over, uh, soon things are going to change. Jesus is going to come. And the day of salvation will soon be here. And we need to get rid of the, the things that we do, the sinful things that we do, uh, like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living, that spiritual armor, that, that armor of Christ in us. Uh, when we think about uh, dirty clothes or soiled clothes, um, I mean, just think about it. It causes so much shame. It, you're uncomfortable when you're dirty. I know you are. For instance, say that God wanted to use you to do great things, but you were you know, off sinning and then the opportunity comes and you're like, oh, I don't feel like I can do this now because I'm tainted because I'm dirty. I don't know who your favorite person in the world is or whatever. One, one person was sharing with me about how they went to the Garth Brooks concert. So what if you had an opportunity to meet Garth Brooks and they wanted to bring you up on stage, but you had just been cleaning out the sewer and you were dirty and you stunk and you were just a mess and you're like, oh, I don't think I can do that because I'm not prepared. I'm not ready for that. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be ashamed. He might even say, woo, you stink. And maybe, maybe sing a song about that. I don't know. But to just think about what you are uh, who you are and the opportunities that you have to just be prepared. Wake up in the morning and say, God, here I am. Confess any new and sin. Use me. I can't do anything on, on my own, but I can be used by you. Show me what you want me to do. Show me how you want, how I can serve you, how I can be an encouragement to somebody. Um, William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And I don't know everything about his life. I know he was a Methodist preacher. Methodist preachers were everywhere across the United States, especially as it was being settled. They used to say, there's nothing out there, nothing out west, but Indians and Methodist preachers, because they would go and preach to whoever, a family, a crowd, whatever. But William Booth, when he was 20 years old, this guy founded the Salvation Army, but he wrote, I will, number one, rise every morning sufficiently early and have a few minutes, not less than five, in private prayer. Number two, 
I will avoid the babbling and idle talking in which I have lately so sinfully indulged. And I bet if he lived today, he'd be like, I'm not going on Facebook or Twitter or any other social networking until I've spent time with God. Number three, I endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of the bleeding lamb. And by serious conversation and warning, endeavor to lead others to think of their immortal souls. Number four, I'll read no less than four chapters of God's Word every day. Number five, I will strive to live closer to God and to seek after holiness of heart and leave providential events with God. Number six, I'll read this over every day, or at least twice a week. God help me, enable me to cultivate a spirit of self-denial and to yield myself a prisoner of love to the Redeemer of the world. So when you think about wanting to live right, sometimes you need to have some methods in place. Sometimes you need to have some goals, some disciplines in place. And you need to do all you can to follow that because in those spiritual disciplines, that will help you to be stronger and more prepared. There are so many times that what I've spent uh, for my devotions in the morning or my, my time with God, that God has used that for something that I would need during that day. It's like I'm talking to somebody about something and I'm thinking to myself, I just read that this morning or I just read that yesterday. So I was following like a Bible reading plan or whatever and it was just there. And so it's time to shine. The Lord can use you to do great things uh, in the time that you have. And the time is limited, but it's time to shine. We need to be ready to serve when we are, when we are clean in the Lord, when we've got the shining armor of right living on, we have confidence, we're unashamed, and we are ready to do things that the Lord calls us to. And then number three goes with that, it's time to live right. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy, it says in Romans 13, 13. And so much of that stuff that's listed there is a trap. It's a trap. Satan wants you to give into it, to fall into it, and then uh, you'll get trapped You'll get trapped in a bad relationship. You'll get trapped in uh, regretful sin. People in town will talk about you uh, because of the things that you did. And even if they do, even if they talk about the things of your past when it's been forgiven in Christ, you can say, you know, that doesn't matter because Christ forgave me of that. That was me in the past. But uh, I'm changed. You don't even have to say I've changed because maybe you haven't changed. But maybe you can say I'm changing. I'm in the process of becoming more like Jesus. Jesus forgives me, not because I'm perfect, but because of what Christ has done for me. And I'm in the process of becoming more like Jesus. And if I offended you, or if I caused a shame or embarrassment or whatever, I'm sorry for that. That was the past. I'm not that same person anymore. I've moved on. And as we live that way, as we walk that way, we will continue to make an influence on people. Because when we Live decent lives for all to see. I mean, that means that we're on display. People want to see if Christ is in us. People want to see if we're living a life that glorifies Him. People want to see if we're truly different than we were. And as we go on, we uh, can even motivate them or influence them. Maybe somebody out there will be like, I know what you used to be like and you're different now. Maybe you're even a little weird, but you know what? I think I'd like to be like that too. And you can help them to find a new life in Christ. Maybe your past life and the way you've changed will make them thirsty for wanting to know about Jesus. So if you do these things that are listed here, participating in darkness of wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, immoral living, uh, whether it's in action or in your thought life, and then it also mentions quarreling and jealousy, which are attitudes. So you've got actions and attitudes. If you do these things, your life will be full of regret 
and sadness. And you'll wish that you could go back and undo it. Maybe you can't, but you can be forgiven and move on. There's a new day in Christ. But be warned, don't live in a way that goes against God's best for you because He created you. He's given you the owner's manual. If you live in a way that honors and glorifies Him, you can be much more successful in living the life He created you to be to be in. You will have less depression. You will be uh, blessed and make a difference in people's lives. And number four, it is time to live in His presence. So instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Sometimes people think about uh, all the ways that they could sin or the things that they like to do or they see things online or read things or whatever and it's a fantasy of the mind and they think it doesn't hurt anything because I'm not really doing anything. It's not really a, a person, a real person. I'm not, I'm not, it's not, it's not real. It's just, you know, it's just playing it out in my head. You know, it's kind of fun and exciting. But the weird thing is, is that if you start playing stuff out in your head, you're much, and you're enjoying it, you're much more likely to give into it if the opportunity comes. You're much more likely to fall into the temptation that you've allowed to play in your head, in your mind, or whatever, uh, if you don't call it out and say, that's wrong, that's evil, that's against God's will. I uh, don't want to even think that way. Instead, we need to follow after the Lord and do His will and uh, clothe ourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means that if we're in Christ, Jesus is always with us. Jesus is living in us. We're His hands and His feet. And we have these great opportunities that He can use us. And we just need to do all that we can to follow after Him and live in His ways. So I'm going to ask the guys to come up for communion, but I'm going to show you this two-minute video that should be encouraging. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a Savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model His unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. 
It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty, with so many lives running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope. They've come to the end of their proverbial rope. Young eyes are wandering, looking for direction. Make sure we point them to his resurrection. The clock's ticking. We're on our dime. Hey, church, rise up. It's our time. And it is our time. We need to take whatever we have, the, the gifts that we have, the resources we have, and ask the Lord how He wants to use it and to use it for His glory. Um, so communion, we remember what Christ has done on the cross. Churches across the world have communion, some every Sunday, some uh, once a month. Um, communion is something that Christ has commanded us to do. Uh, Mark fourteen twenty one. For the Son of Man must die, Jesus says. As the Scriptures declared long ago that how terrible it will be for the one who betrays Him, it would be far better for that man if he had never been born. That's Judas Iscariot. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then He broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is My body. And so we have this cracker that represents Christ's body, and uh, we pass it around and everybody holds it, and then I'll come back and we'll pray together. But recommit yourself to the Lord today. And... Tell him that you're willing to follow him. Ask for forgiveness of any sin the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Uh, maybe you can commit your, your life to him to say, whatever it is that you want me to do, or even wherever it is you want me to go, I'm willing to serve you. I'm willing to follow you with the days that you've given me. The days of this life are the days until you return. And to remember, to count the days. Uh, to remember that uh, this life is just a mist. Um, so the music will play, and I'll come back and pray in a minute. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given us this opportunity to get together. You've given us this space. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word and speak to us even through the week, that we would uh, see what it is that you're calling us to do with the time and resources that we have, and that we would never um, take for granted uh, your salvation or uh, your gifts or your Holy Spirit or the relationship we have with the Father and the Son. We take this and we eat. Mark 14, 23. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them, and they all drank from it, the disciples. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. And we're reminded in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, it says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So maybe this would be a good time to thank the Lord for all that He's done and all that He's doing and all the opportunities and resources that He's given you and just praise Him and thank Him. And I'll come back up and pray in a minute. Warren Wearsby was a great man of God and he recently went into the presence of the Lord. He had written a bunch of Bible commentaries and they all start with be, like be blessed, be happy, and he, he be in the presence of the Lord now. But it is so awesome when great men of God uh, live lives that are admirable and leave great resources to build the church and to build the people in the church. And it would be so awesome if you would live your life in such a way that if I had an opportunity to do your funeral, that we could just talk about all that 
Jesus did through you, even if it was hard stuff that you lived through, how you constantly glorified Him and lived for Him and shined for Him. Um, it would be so awesome. So Jesus, we thank You so much that You have given us this family, this body of Christ to be part of. We are not supposed to be Lone Ranger Christians, but we are supposed to be connected with each other, sharing life. And in this community, in this region, Lord, I pray that You would grow our family and You would grow us deeper, that You would uh, grow us more passionate for lost people and to help people grow. Lord, that You would provide people for every ministry that we want to do and You want us to do in the church. Lord, we just thank You so much for this day and this communion and um, all that You are going to do through us in the time that we have. We take this, we drink. Jesus said that when He went away that we would do even more amazing things than than what He accomplished on this earth. And if we live our life in faithfulness, God can use us to do things that we would have never imagined that we could do. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.